Hello, and welcome to this podcast series entitled Words of Wisdom, Reflections on the Book of Proverbs. My name is Jerry Weirwill, and it is my pleasure to be on this journey together with you to discover the powerful truths that God has revealed to those who desire to become wise and discerning. The book of Proverbs is part of the Old Testament in the Bible, and it is quite a unique book in its own right. It is unlike other books in the Old Testament that contain lots of history with people, places, and events, describing who did what, when it happened, and where it happened. In addition, there are other books in the Old Testament that contain the writings of the prophets, who warned God's people and prophesied about things to come, and about remaining faithful to the one true God, as well as laying out the consequences of sin and rebellion. But Proverbs contains none of that. Rather, Proverbs is a book that is part of the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, along with Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Proverbs contains practical wisdom for how to navigate the complexities of life. But Proverbs is not filled with good advice that has worked for some people, and it is not a collection of life experiences about how not to make the same mistakes that many people made who came before us. Instead, Proverbs is teeming with godly wisdom for how to live life properly under the rule of Yahweh our God. And that is the goal of this podcast series, Words of Wisdom. We want to seek to understand the depths of the riches of wisdom that God has given to us so that we may understand how we are to orient our lives, attitudes, and behaviors so that they align with the principles and practices of God's kingdom. Proverbs says that if we listen and adhere to the teachings of God's wisdom, then we will receive length of days, years of life, and peace, as it says in Proverbs 3.2. In other words, learning Yahweh's instruction on the right way to live will result in a better life. Life will go better because we will make fewer bad choices, cause less strife and conflict in our relationships, handle our finances more wisely, and learn to care about the things that matter to Yahweh our God, like righteousness, justice, integrity, compassion, generosity, peace, diligence, commitment, and many other godly qualities. However, getting the most out of life really isn't the core value and purpose of Proverbs. What Proverbs truly offers us is the wise counsel of Yahweh so that we may form in our minds a way of thinking that results in us taking the right course of action according to God's standard for upright and holy living before Him. It is about understanding how we are to live life God's way and honor Him with all that we say and do. This is what we are after as we meditate and reflect on the wisdom contained in Proverbs. We call Proverbs a book in the Old Testament, but it is really not a book at all. It is actually a collection of several writings that have been brought together into a single volume and labeled as the Book of Proverbs. Technically speaking, Proverbs is a collection of seven different writings. The author of the majority of Proverbs is King Solomon, the third king of ancient Israel who reigned in the 10th century BC. But there are other authors mentioned in Proverbs as well, such as Agur, the son of Yaqeh, in Proverbs chapter 30, or Lemuel, king of Massa, mentioned in Proverbs chapter 31. Each section of Proverbs has certain characteristics and themes that distinguish it from other sections, but as a whole, all of Proverbs offers God's wisdom.
Now, perhaps an important point to make before proceeding any further is to answer the question, what is a proverb? The word proverb is translated from the Hebrew word mashal, which denotes the idea of likeness or something to be compared with. A proverb is an expression that describes a way to compare or think about something. They are thought-provoking sayings that are intended to elicit further contemplation about their meaning and application. And thus, proverbs are pregnant with underlying meaning and principles that can be applied to a wide variety of life circumstances and situations. One definition of a proverb is that it sums up in compact and easily remembered form an observation or judgment which is widely held to be true. Now, while a proverb might be a brief, compact saying, it often holds deep meaning about how life is supposed to work and how to best live under the rulership of Yahweh God. But in order to obtain this meaning, we must meditate on the proverb. It is not often that the wisdom of a proverb can be ascertained in a quick, cursory reading. If we desire to grasp the wealth of understanding and guidance that Proverbs has to offer, it will require of us an investment of time and effort to reflect on them. Proverbs challenges us to become deep thinkers. Maybe this illustration can help. A proverb is like an ice cream cone. If you try to eat it all at once, you'll probably miss its delicious sweet taste because your mouth will be frozen and your head will hurt. In order to enjoy a proverb, it must not be consumed too quickly. The best way to eat an ice cream cone, just like a proverb, is to take a small bite and then let it melt in your mouth as your taste buds relish the flavor. And therefore, if we slow down and take time to consider what a proverb is saying, we can savor the joy and delight of becoming wise and growing in our understanding of how to live God's way. In addition to taking time to meditate on a proverb, we also need to understand a few basic guidelines about how to approach proverbs in general. One of the basic characteristics to be aware of when reading any form of literature is to understand the type of genre you are reading. As I mentioned before, proverbs is part of the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. As wisdom literature, we can expect to encounter a lot of poetry, imagery, and figures of speech and other literary devices. As a matter of fact, Proverbs is composed entirely of Hebrew poetry. But Hebrew poetry is not like English poetry, which is based on meter and rhyme. Hebrew poetry is based upon structure and literary devices like metaphors and personification. The fundamental structure of Hebrew poetry is what is known as parallelism. Parallelism is when a phrase, clause, or sentence is set in a specific relationship to another phrase, clause, or sentence. The way parallelism functions to convey meaning is through the particular connection that is formed between the phrases, clauses, or sentences. Many proverbs are simple two-line couplets that exhibit some form of parallelism between the lines. If the two lines are saying the same thing, just in different ways, this is called synonymous parallelism. An example of this is Proverbs 16:18, which says, Pride goes before disaster, and a puffed-up spirit before stumbling. The two clauses are joined by the conjunction and to indicate the connection that is being made between them as being one of similarity. Another type of parallelism is if the two lines are saying the opposite of each other. This is called antithetic parallelism. The word antithetic simply means something that is set against or opposed to something else. 
An example of this is Proverbs 10.12, which says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers over all transgressions. The two clauses are joined by the conjunction but to indicate a contrast between the two lines. The third most common form of parallelism is synthetic parallelism. This occurs when two lines are not saying the same thing and they're not saying the opposite thing, but they are working together to convey their point by building off each other in a synthesis that is a coming together of ideas. An example of this is Proverbs 25.25, which says, As cold water is to a weary soul, so is a good report from a distant land. Here, in the synthetic parallelism, the two lines are joined by the conjunction so. The second line expands or amplifies the first line by adding to the primary idea or principle conveyed. Now, there are other types of parallelism besides these that can be found in Proverbs, but these are the most common ones that we will encounter. Another important way that Proverbs conveys meaning is through imagery and figures of speech. An example of imagery would be Proverbs 20, verse 8. A king sitting upon the throne of justice scatters every evil with his eyes. The imagery of scattering is taken from the ancient practice of winnowing or sifting grain from the chaff. The imagery is picturing the king upon his throne of justice, sifting and separating out all the evil that he sees in his kingdom, just like how a farmer sifts the grain after the harvest to get rid of the unwanted chaff. When it comes to figures of speech in Proverbs, they are abundant. An example of the figure of speech personification can be seen in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 6 and 8, which says, Do not abandon her, referring to wisdom, and she will watch over you, love her, and she will guard you, exalt her, and she will lift you up. She will honor you because you embrace her. Wisdom is depicted as someone who will watch over guard, lift you up, and honor you if you do not forsake her. These types of humanistic actions and attributes are being attributed to wisdom, an abstract concept, to make the point in a vivid and imaginative way that helps it be understood because of the comparison it makes to real-life human relationships and interactions. Of course, there are many other types of figures used in Proverbs, and we will talk about them as we encounter them along the way. The importance of identifying parallelism, imagery, and figures of speech is paramount as they are invitations to think carefully and intently about what is being said in the proverb. If we can identify and appreciate the depth and richness of the text by being attentive to these elements, as well as others, we will become more adept at discovering and understanding their meaning and how we can apply them in our lives. Now, there are just another couple of guidelines that are extremely important to be aware of when reading Proverbs. One, they are not promises. Two, they are not universal in scope or application. And three, they must be read within the theological context of the Bible as a whole. First, Proverbs are not to be viewed as unconditional promises or irreversible formulas that always come true in any circumstance. Rather, they must be understood as representing practical principles that one should follow for proper behavior, decision-making, and outlook in life. If Proverbs are viewed as divine promises, then no one should ever make decisions on their own. As Proverbs 15.22 says, By a lack of counsel, plans are shattered, but with a multitude of advisors, a plan will stand. 
or no one should ever disagree or disregard advice from others because Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to counsel and accept discipline in order that you may be wise in your latter days. Or no one should try to explain something to someone who is foolish, as Proverbs 23.9 says, do not speak into the ears of a fool, for he will have contempt for the prudence of your words. Secondly, Proverbs are not universal in scope or application because they are often circumstantial and should be evaluated in the context of each situation. A particular proverb may be valid in one instance and then not in another, or a particular proverb may fulfill the stated outcome in one experience and then fail to at another time. Take for example, Proverbs 15.1, a gentle response turns away rage, but a hurtful word increases anger. There's no guarantee that a gentle answer will turn away someone's rage. At times, a soft or gentle answer may have a positive, soothing effect, but perhaps at other times, it may have an adverse effect and cause the other person to become even more upset because they think you are patronizing or mocking them or because they feel your calm tone is hiding how you really feel and you are being disingenuous and not authentic with them. Furthermore, a proverb may be limited in scope to what is preferred or what ought to be done, not necessarily describing what actually happens or the reality of a situation. Such proverbs like 20 verse 21, which says, an inheritance gained quickly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. This may be depicting a circumstance where a person does something to hasten the death of their parent in order to receive an early inheritance. Or perhaps it depicts an immature person who comes into their inheritance very abruptly and is not prepared or capable of properly stewarding it, and therefore they carelessly waste it and are not able to enjoy the long-term blessing it was intended to bring to their life. Lastly, Proverbs must be read in light of the overall historical, cultural, and theological background of the Bible. What this means is that Proverbs is to be read with the backdrop of Near Eastern manners and customs, within an ancient Israelite culture and religion, and with respect to other biblical and theological truths in Scripture. For example, that God abhors evil and wickedness that God wants people to live in submission and obedience to him and exhibit his virtues of love, justice, mercy, faithfulness, holiness, etc. And that God is the source of all life, knowing what is good and beneficial for people and what is right and wrong. When interpreting a proverb, we must first ask ourselves, in what way is this proverb true? What contextual circumstance is this proverb probably addressing? We need to take as a presupposition that the proverb is true. Proverbs are not self-contradictory, nonsensical, or illogical. In some way, the proverb is giving us truth about life from God's perspective. And it is our duty and privilege to seek to discover the meaning and how it should be applied in our lives. Now, with all that background information laid down, the recipe for determining the meaning of a proverb might seem complex at first. But as we begin to reflect upon and interact with proverbs, we will start to develop a perspective and understanding for how to approach this amazing collection of God's wisdom that we have been given. In the episodes that follow, we will be on a journey to seek wisdom as hidden treasure with the goal of increasing in knowledge and insight 
and to become wise and instructed in righteous living. As we examine various Proverbs, I will endeavor to explain relevant background information that will help illuminate the meaning and application of the proverb we are looking at. My other intention is to give an example or illustration for how the wisdom of the proverb can relate to life and help us to be more wise and discerning. There's nothing quite like getting the point of a proverb by being able to see it in action in a real-life scenario or incident. In closing, I would just like to say, Welcome again to this great adventure we are about to embark on. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be spending this time with you as we reflect upon the words of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. It is my prayer that as we devote ourselves to learning the gems of knowledge that Proverbs has to offer, God will enlighten the eyes of our understanding and help us grow in all godliness and virtue so that we may live lives that are pleasing to Him and that bring glory to His name. Thanks so much for listening to the Truth or Tradition podcast. We hope you're enjoying this new series on the words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And for more biblical resources, you can visit our website, truthortradition.com. And there you can subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of the future resources that we post.